What's going on guys? My name is Jeremy Graves. I'm a level three certified CrossFit trainer and former CrossFit affiliate owner. I would like to welcome you to the Elevate Trainer Development Podcast. I've been a full-time trainer for over 10 years now and I've worked with everyone from pro athletes to 90 plus year old seniors. As a member of the CrossFit HQ training staff, I have access to some of the best coaches within our fitness industry. Join us each week as we discuss everything that leads to being a better trainer. We hope you leave educated, inspired, and most importantly, elevated to new heights. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Elevate Trainer Development Podcast. We're here to talk about everything and anything that leads to being a great trainer. Tonight, specifically, we're going to speak to the CrossFit coaches, and we're going to discuss basically um, the journey of point A to point, you know, B, A to B, B to C, C to D, that sort of thing. We're going to talk about how you get your career not only up and running, but what we would hope it would the trajectory would look like and what kind of stops you would make along the way pursuing something like a level three certification or a level four certification. So we're basically going to talk about the timeline because I think a lot of times folks are caught up with having that level two or having that level three and they don't uh, they don't do enough along the way to maybe be prepared for those or under understand that the value comes in everything that you've accumulated really before that that end state right it's all it's the sum of the information so unless you're really digging into that it doesn't do you a lot of good so um, I know there might be some some coaches in here that that aren't CrossFit coaches or personal trainers that turn on to this um, that don't necessarily coach CrossFit. And that's fine. Uh, I Again, I am a CrossFit coach. I work for CrossFit headquarters. Um, I believe in it. I love it. But maybe this will give you a little bit of insight into the way we do things and how we prepare our coaches for the job. So uh, before we get into that, I hope everyone is safe and healthy. We're getting hopefully towards the end of this, I mean, nobody really knows, but getting closer to the end of this, uh, not only the COVID pandemic and, and we start to see, um, or we continue to see, you know, the number of sick people go down and the number of deaths go down. But I know, you know, some people feel good about this and some people don't feel good. I guess it depends where you are and, and hopefully the people making these decisions are being smart about it. But um, I, I I think people are excited to open, and they're not just because of the economic benefits, but we're excited to get back to the life we are used to and the life we love. We want to see our friends, and we want to see our families, and we want to see our employees, and you know we want to get back to work. And I think in this time, people have learned a lot of appreciation for their jobs and for their you know, ability to make an income and generate some, you know, income for their family. 
Um, it's important to us and it's important to our state of mind and it's important to how we feel on a day-to-day basis. So I know here in Texas, um, gyms specifically are opening back up on Monday. I know we're, we're really excited about that. I have an affiliate out of my garage, so it's not like that really changes much for me, but I'm excited for the affiliates and the coaches and the owners in town so that they're able to um, get back to changing lives for the better, um, which is what we do as CrossFit coaches. And um, We're getting there, guys. Stay strong. Um, try to stay positive. Remember, we've talked about this before. You guys are leaders in the community, so... Keep uh, keep your head up and, and help others do the same, and that's the name of the game. So, okay, let's talk about how we're going to start this thing off. So just a little bit of background for those of you who maybe don't know me personally. I am a CrossFit Level 3 Certified Trainer. It is the first certification you can receive from CrossFit. When you get your Level 1, that is a Level 1 Certificate. Uh, your level two, you get a level two um, rating. You get a level two certificate uh, as well, but it, those are not considered certifications. Um, we could do a whole show on what is a certification and what isn't, and if we want to be, you know, um, specific about those things, uh, it doesn't really matter. The, the, uh, we'll talk about it later. But it's a, I just want to state that the level two, the level one, and the level two are certificates you receive. The first certification that you can get from CrossFit is the level three. You're a certified CrossFit trainer. Then beyond that, there's the level four, which is still uh, being developed. They haven't quite rolled that out yet. That is another advanced certification where you are a certified CrossFit coach. And those are the four, I would say, rungs of the ladder that a CrossFit coach can climb. And I, we, especially when I was younger, we've all fallen into the trap of just you, you have your eyes on that, the highest rung of the ladder and you want to climb it no matter what. And that's not, that's not itself a bad thing. Wanting to be the best version of yourself, wanting to, to climb to the highest peak of something, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just making sure that you do it in the right way and for the right reasons. And so what I want to do tonight is talk about uh, what that journey might look like. And what I mainly hope it does is guide coaches who are trying to navigate this process. And we're going to talk about every stage of the process. So it doesn't matter if you are somebody who is thinking about becoming a CrossFit trainer or you're a level two and you just signed up for your level three exam or you're a level three trainer and you know, you're getting, if you happen to be a level three trainer listening to this podcast, thank you. And hopefully you've reached out to me because I'd love to talk with you. But um, even if you're a level three coach or trainer and you're looking to, you know, do the level four when they roll that out, um, hopefully there'll be some information that is helpful here. Um, so I'll do a little bit of talk about this kind of process and my thoughts on it. And then I'll, I, I might even talk a little bit about my experience in certain stages and then we'll go from there. So we're going to do this um, chronologically as as an as a coach would experience it from start to finish. So the first thing um, that I would that I'm going to reference is let's just say you are not a CrossFit 
trainer, but you'd like to be. So you're you're at an affiliate, and this information again, this might be helpful for you to talk. let's say you're you're not in one of these or you're on one of these stages, but you're navigating it fine. Hopefully, this will give you maybe a digestible way to talk to coaches that work for you or coaches you work with, or talk to people who are looking to get started. This will give you a tool, you know, give a, a tool for everyone to use. So. Let's start with the first scenario, and that is the person who is not a coach but wants to be. How? What do you even do to get started? I would say the first, if you're at an affiliate, that, that would be the easiest thing to do. Is if you're not a if you're if you're not doing CrossFit at an affiliate, and you're just doing it at your on your own in your garage, it's fine. But the first thing you're going to need to do to actually see the the job as it plays out in the real world in the gym is go to an affiliate talk to a trainer like ask them some questions see who you might you know click with and 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 vibe well with and there it's important to to me anyways that you are working with somebody who is interested in helping you you know uh they're going to take some extra time to guide you and and help you along this journey. But you're going to go and you're going to find somewhere and you might have to go to a couple of gyms to find the right one or talk to a couple of coaches to find the right one. And the first thing you're going to do is watch. All right? So if you're interested in coaching and you're not an affiliate, get into one. If you're at an affiliate, then what you're going to do is just go talk to your coach or your owner, whoever makes those decisions or really who's on the floor the most, and ask if you can shadow. Right? No money, no pay, shadow. Just watch. So what I mean by shadow is I'm talking about a very specific thing here. If you're shadowing somebody, like if I show up to shadow a coach, I'm not there to talk. I'm not necessarily there to ask questions. I'm just gonna write everything down I see and observe. So if I always work out at the 9 a.m. class, maybe I'm either gonna come to a cl- the eight o'clock class or I'm gonna stay for the noon class and I'm gonna work out in between the two, right? And I'm going to be at the gym where I'm not thinking about my training. I'm there to simply observe a trainer, right? Doing their job. And what'll really be great is if you work it out with a trainer where if they have a little bit of time, and again, if it's the owner, great, and they've approved this, make sure it's gotta be approved by the owner so they're okay with all this happening. But the best scenario is you get to see a couple of different trainers doing this different ways. Because again, if you see it too much, it's just kind of too input or too much input. So one or two coaches to, to watch because you're just trying to get started. You're getting some baseline information. You should be writing everything down and then you should also be having a lot of questions start to formulate. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why'd you ask them that? What did you see when you said this? Like all these questions, if you're starting to think like a coach, why did you put this person there? Why'd you ask them to face this way? Why'd you ask them to organize? I mean, all these things should start to kind of flood your head. You're going to write them down. And best case scenario is there's some time after the class where the coach sits down with you and they're open to answering those things or answering those questions, right? And this shadow process can go on for a few weeks, a couple of months, 
right? All, all the while, you're just doing this for your for, for your benefit, asking the coach questions, watching, staying out of the way, um, and you're just trying to learn as much as, as you can from watching these couple of coaches or this one coach do their job. Now, while this shadow process is happening, you should have um, downloaded, again, because it's free, which is unbelievable, the level one training guide. So while you are shadowing and watching these coaches, you are reading through this level one training guide and it's prompting more questions because as you start to become aware of certain things that happen in parts of the job and reasons for doing things a certain way, it will pose questions um, to you because you may see a coach doing something a certain way and it may you know, coincide with what you're reading in a good way or a bad way, or it, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's going to raise questions, which is then going to further your knowledge and your development and preparedness when you go to the level one. Right. So another thing you could be doing if you're not shadowing it is an intern um, type of situation. An internship can be cool. Again, like oftentimes they're not paid, but you might be getting your membership waived, which is a bonus, right? Um, there'll be there there's probably going to be multiple levels to an internship. You might have to do something like uh, clean the bathrooms or work the front desk or some or, or you know stock the merchandise shelves, things like that. But hopefully you're getting benefit out of it too. So the trade-off is you do these small tasks in order to be able to then shadow those classes, ask your questions, get your need, get your questions answered, and they're helping with your development as a new trainer. So the internship process isn't just completely selfless. You're doing this in order to receive some sort of help or guidance um, as you start to navigate the industry. Right? You're not just, oh, hey, clean the bathrooms and stock the shelves do that so you can be shadowing the classes and learning how to do the job. All the while reading and studying the level one training guide. Right? And the level one training guide doesn't have to be read like your favorite novel. It, it, it's a textbook. You should start with basic things. Start with the movements. right? And as you are reading about squats, you're looking at you know all the squats you see in class in a different way. Ask, asking the coach questions about that sort of thing and you move on to a new movement pattern and then you move on to something like theory and you can ask the coach about questions you have and some of that theory material, what is CrossFit, what is fitness. And you're just starting to familiarize yourself with the level one training guide. You don't have to be too worried about it. You need to see that information and learn it, or start to learn it, start to have it bounce around in your head. But if you don't have it completely figured out and some of it's kind of big for you, I think that's still fine because in the level one, we're going to completely cover everything, right? Pretty much most things, right? After you've done this for a couple of months and you've had an opportunity to completely go through the level one training guide, you've asked a bunch of questions, you should feel pretty comfortable and ready to go take the level one because here's the one thing I want to say about the level one. It isn't, it's not an assessment, it's an educational course, which I think a lot of people go into it thinking we're going to 
you know, it matters how good. We couldn't care less about what your friend time is at your level one, right? It's got nothing to do with it. We're there to give you information. Yes, there is a test to make sure you can comprehend the minimum level of information to then go and take it to someone else and keep them safe. Outside of that, it, it, it's very baseline information, right? If you, if you spent a couple of months in that shadow or internship process, and over that couple of months, you read the level one training guide, reread a couple of sessions, uh, sections that maybe were tough, then you are going to be more than prepared when you get to your level one, okay? So, okay, our, our coach, our person, our, um, our coach, aspiring coach, has spent a couple of months, right? They reached out to an affiliate, whether they were there already or they weren't. They reached out to an affiliate, a coach, an owner, and got started with a shadow program or an internship program where they were maybe trading a little bit of um, busy work for the opportunity to watch the coach and ask questions and learn a little bit as they studied the training guide. After a couple of months, they've now decided to go take the level one. At the level one, you're gonna be part of a class that participates in a two-day course. Of that two days, you know, 80% of it is instruction. 20% of it is, is assessment where we take that test at the very end. But we're gonna go through every section of the, of the textbook we're gonna go over it in detail. You're gonna have plenty of opportunities to ask questions. And after that course, you'll go home and maybe you continue to do that shadow or internship program until you get your results. Now, let's say you pass your level one. Awesome, congratulations, right? It's awesome, you feel on top of the world. Here is the danger, right? Up until that weekend course where you learned baseline knowledge where CrossFit even intends that you then go and continue to build off of that base, it isn't the end-all be-all, right? It's an introduction to our methodology. What often happens is because you have your level one, Right, folks need help, gyms need help, trainers need help, and you get thrown right into the noon class that has 15 people, right? And I get that sometimes trainers or gyms can be in a bind, but they at that point are interested in what their needs are and not specifically the, the needs or the development of that trainer. So what I'm gonna what I'm gonna continue to talk about right now is let's say this is all happening in a vacuum. It's happening in a perfect world. What do we want this trajectory to look like? Okay. So our new trainer passed the level one certificate course. They go and they tell their owner or their coach or the general manager, whoever it is that they're reporting to, or or whatever gym they're they're gonna work at, or let's just say they're in their garage. It doesn't matter this next series is the same. What should you do now? You should look to start working with people who are new to CrossFit and want to learn the basics of our program. So I would say not real high profile clients with a lot of 
um, extenuating circumstances. You don't need to work with people who are recovering from a injury or who have been sick or who really need to be working with somebody who have a, who has a lot of time under their belt, a lot of tools in the toolbox, a lot of experience. You need to work with generic cases where people are just looking to get fit and they don't have a lot of limiting factors. And you're going to work with them in a personal training setting. And a great opportunity for this is on-ramp stuff. People who want to come to the gym, they want to learn how to squat, press, and do the deadlift, be provided with some basic nutrition information, and they want to do this in a very like slow-paced, one-on-one environment. Perfect opportunity. You can even reach out to your, your coach or your gym owner and say, like, hey, I would love to help process people who want to come and join and do the group classes. And I can work with them one-on-one until they're ready to join the group classes. And maybe there's already some sort of on-ramp structure where it's done one-on-one, or you can you can offer that service outside of the on-ramp programming and provide another track for people getting into the classes. But it's one-on-one. And it's you covering the information you've just learned. You're not being asked to step outside of any of that because you don't have that yet, especially if the level one certificate course is your first exposure to, to training somebody, right? Coaching somebody through a, a fitness plan, right? This, I, I, this should go on for a couple of months, this one-on-one environment. Then, once you feel really comfortable, you might open up that service to two people at a time. So instead of just coaching one person through their on-ramp or through their personal training as they go and learn the baseline movements, you're going to add a person to that. And when you get really comfortable at two people, you start to take on three at a time. And now all of a sudden, instead of doing one person at a time for on-ramp, you're able to process a group of three and move them through that and do your job effectively. See and correct. Be present with each of them. Make them feel like they're the only person there, yet use the three of them to get the best out of themselves. Like All these little intricacies of coaching, you're able to navigate. And after that, I can say when you're able to work with three people and you feel good, maybe you start to volunteer to help out with some of the slower classes that maybe have five or six. But I can tell you right now, going from three people to six people is a whole different deal. So that's why you're asking to help out with some of the smaller classes, slower classes, slower times of the day. Not super desirable for maybe the trainer. Maybe it's really early in the day. Maybe it's late in the day late in the day, but it's good for your development because again, you continue to progress slowly. Guys, this process from um, the personal training uh, setting to two or three people, to the slow classes, then to the, the busier classes, this might and probably should take up to a year, longer than a year, right? I mean, let's just imagine you broke it up into like kind of quarters. You spent like three or four months doing one person at a time. Three to four months working with a personal training client, unless you're doing it every day. It, like, I mean, even then, it's still not a lot of time. 
and then you get three or four months learning to work with a couple people at a time. And then three or four months you're working with three, four, or five people at a time. And then you get three or four months where you're running slow, slower, smaller classes. A year just went by, and if you segment it up, like you spent three to four months building up to now running a class of maybe nine or 10, and you did that over the course of a year or more. Then and only then, right, after you've been actively coaching and building your skill set slowly over time, gradually learning and getting better at seeing what's happening with people, fixing problems you see, should you even be thinking about going and taking the level two? And I would do kind of the same thing once when I'm a, a couple when I'm about two months out of taking my level two. So let's say you sign up for it when you're about two months out. Make sure you're still watching coaches who have done this longer than you, and make sure you're studying and going over the level two training guide. I mean, just because you have a level one doesn't mean you still can't shadow coaches who have been doing this longer than you. I did it tons of times. I loved it. I would go and watch trainers who have been doing it longer than me all the time and just write down I'm like whether you're going to go talk to them after or not, just write it all down in your notebook and you know, if you have some questions, great, ask them. If not, you you took your your notes and you're going to go look up some stuff later. But you can still watch coaches and I highly suggest watching coaches who have done it longer than you even after you've been coaching for a year or two. Because I've been doing it for going on 10 years and I still watch the people I work with all the time. And I learn stuff every time I watch something, whether they have a level one or they have a level four. You learn from everybody. So again, a couple of months out of your level two, you spend some time watching other coaches when you're not working and studying the level two training guide. Then you go do your level two and it's a totally different ball game than the level one. It is, there is a lot more assessment. You're going to have somebody ask you to show them how you work with people, and then they're going to give you feedback on how you work with people. And a lot of folks, for the first time, are going to be told, this isn't so good. And you'll either shut down or say, like, hey, I'm a professional and I want to get better at this. So you'll learn. You'll take their feedback, you'll work on what they say, and you'll get better. And I believe now, it's two days of coursework and then you're given a code and when you go home you take the exam right on a, on your computer so it's two days of instruction you're going to be asked basically here, here's why it's so important to have this this base um, training time training volume underneath you you're going to be asked to demonstrate how to do the things we talk about and if you haven't been doing it long enough to develop any sort of style or rhythm or approach to coaching, we're not going to have a lot of room to help you navigate a better way of doing it because you have to have been doing it for us to be able to give you some feedback with context and have you really retain it and understand. So if you just view the level two as a box to check, you might be doing that before you're you're ready and also therefore not get as much from the level two. Even if even if you pass the exam, 
you might have something to put on your business card, but did you really get everything you you could have because you went into it with the wrong intentions? Right? We I I, I see it like we see it all the time. People who are three months out of their level one and they're signing up for level two. And I, I think it's great that you're jazzed and you're excited about CrossFit, but I think you might be on the wrong path there. So the the coach we just talked about had their level one for over a year before they signed up for their level two. Now, this is the part where people, they maybe won't like this part. Now let's go back in a perfect world. You pass your level two. You now are a level two, right? You have a level two certificate. I don't think the very next thing you should be looking to chase down is you're going to sign up for your level three. I think after you've got your level two, you could work with that in terms of uh, climbing that ladder. You could work under that for anywhere from, depending on who you are and how much you work, one to three years. I mean, you could call it one to five years because once you get your level two certificate, it's valid for five years. So at the five-year mark, right, that's when you'll have to make a choice to retake the level two or to go take your level three to keep your credential current. But I would say one to three years in terms of prepping, and that's one to three years if you're working frequently. You're doing personal training, you're teaching classes, your eyes are on people daily. Not like you work a class a week. I'm talking about you work for one to three years daily. And during this time, you're, you're doing a few different things. So I, what is important right now is how you fill that time. What's going on between the one to three years? Well, we already said you're coaching classes and working and coaching clients daily, whether one-on-one, small group, or, or large classes. But you're doing it daily, one to three years. Two, you are still watching, critically watching, right? So you're not just like sitting there zoning out. Like you're watching and assessing trainers, coach, some who have done it longer than you, some who haven't. And you're learning from maybe mistakes they're making, right? And then coaches who have done it longer than you, you're continuing to learn um, from things that they have, uh, skills they've acquired that maybe you haven't yet. So number one, you're, you're working often. Number two, you're continuing to learn from the people around you. Okay. Number three, this is the perfect time because you, you've got a large enough base underneath you uh, of information that I think it's great to start reaching out and branching out to some of those specialty courses or maybe like non-CrossFit courses. But even within the CrossFit world, there are so many different um, avenues where you could develop your skill set within a, a certain realm. Like for example, the, the weightlifting courses, right? You could learn how to be more efficient with a barbell and therefore make anything that you're asking your athletes to do, your clients to do with a barbell, you've got that much more time and experience with that specifically, right? Gymnastics. So the basics of body, body control, uh, body awareness. Now you go and you get a whole new skill set specifically pertaining to people and working with their own body, right? Endurance stuff. 
nutrition stuff. Maybe you even go and do some formal education stuff and take classes at a, at a university. This is where you start to branch out and maybe even find like a niche or something you're you really excel in when it comes to working with people in that uh, regard. For me specifically, CrossFit was always my base. I loved CrossFit, especially how it developed uh, GPP athletes. But I really was drawn to the sport of uh, both participating and coaching weightlifting. So after I got my level two, I, I coached under that for a couple of years and watched people or other coaches for a couple of years. But then I started to really get into weightlifting I started to participate in it, mainly to, to learn about the sport, and then I got hooked on the sport, and then I went and got a USAW level one. I ended up getting a USAW level two. I ended up interning with the USAW coaching staff, and so all the while I was competing in weightlifting meets. I was learning how to coach weightlifting better as I got my own weightlifting coach, again, specifically to look at how he worked with us. I I got benefit too because he was working with me, but I was always critically right watching and assessing and, and looking at how he worked with everyone around me. Right? And then again, getting involved in the formal education side of taking the USAW courses and then eventually interning with USAW to help teach those courses. I was just drawn to that and that became my my specialty. And I did that for several years. And then kind of brought all and then I brought all that information back to what I was doing in the CrossFit community and and, and with my CrossFit athletes. And lo and behold, my we started to develop a lot of weightlifters and people who are passionate about weightlifting, but also I would say that my gym overall had really sound barbell mechanics because of how specific I was with how we wanted things done there from a, from a safety perspective and a performance perspective, right? But it was in that during that time, in that one to three years after the level two, that I started to, to diversify uh, what I exposed myself to and then that also just broadened my ability to work with different types of clients with different types of of needs or or wants and that's where also you start to work with different types of people now i can coach athletes uh for who are training for a specific outcome instead of just general population folks now i'm starting to learn how to work with people who are dealing with being overweight or having heart disease or you're you're getting the experience to start to diversify, right? That's all happening in the level two. It's critical years. Now you're approaching the time where you've been doing all this for let's let's say three years. And you're starting to think about getting your level three certification because... You've amassed a certain amount of experience and knowledge and you want to validate that. And it's important to know that because the level three is an assessment. That's what makes it different from the level one and the level two. There is no information that you'll be taught. The level three wants to know what you know already. Right? And it is a, a four-hour exam that you'll sign up for 
pay for, go to a testing center off-site, have people sit there and watch you take it. And you'll sit there on a computer for that four hours and it will examine every aspect of CrossFit and how well you understand it. And here's the big questions that everyone wants to ask. How did you study for it? How long did you study for it? Well, I can tell you right now, if you did, if your journey looks like what we just talked about, then you've been studying for it for three, four, five years at that point. If you're just trying to climb the ladder and you're like, boom, 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 and you're level one, level two, you know, next year, level three, and you work sparingly, it's a part-time deal for you, then you're going to have a lot of stuff you have to learn that everyone else spent the past five, six, seven years learning before they took that test. So when people ask me, how long do you take that? How long did you study? I say, well, probably about eight years. Because after I got that level two, I was always learning. I was always reading. I read every article in that CrossFit journal. I watched every video that pertained to coaching athletes, looking for faults, fixing faults, different ways to fix faults, different ways to recognize errors, right? I mean, every aspect of CrossFit, I dove head over heels into, and I was always studying. I was always learning. So then when I went and signed up for that test and took that test, it was, I mean, it was still hard. And I thought I knew, I mean, my thought process was this, if I've been doing this for this long, and at that point I owned a cross, I owned a CrossFit gym, I was, then I was like, then, then I must've been working, doing things wrong for a long time. But I went, signed up, took it and I passed. Right. And, uh, and, and, and it was kind of when that level three was a little bit newer and all everyone was talking about is how hard it was and how many people weren't doing well or were, were failing. And it was, it scared people. And then obviously just a four hour exam period, just having to sit and do it is nerve wracking. It's scary for folks, right? I, I didn't want to do it. I was, I was scared to do it. Hadn't sat that long for a test. I think since like the SATs in high school, right? before I got out of college. So it was, uh, it was nerve wracking. And once I took, once I took that, that checked a couple boxes for me because what it does is that I think validates the work you put in before it. And it, it sets you apart in the industry and from probably a lot of the trainers around you in your area as a true professional and someone who, um, someone who has taken the time to really master uh, this craft, right? So it, it's a, again, it's an online test that basically measures what you've got going on between the, between the ears specific to CrossFit coaching, right? Now, once you've got the level three guys, none of that stuff that basically you were doing during the level two after you got your level two, it doesn't stop. You're continuing to develop um, kind of specialty uh, knowledge bases. Uh, you're taking some specialty courses. You're reading. You're learning. Maybe you're now you're diving into some of the finer pieces. You're like more below the surface type stuff, getting a little more 
um, into the anatomy and the biology and the science behind what happens and why it happens. You're really trying to root your knowledge into um, the the meat of this of the subject matters, and it's not just so much. Well, I read this and it says that. Right, you're really trying to develop a true understanding in your own understanding of this stuff. Right, and who knows? I mean, that can be infinite, right? Until it's time to um, revalidate one of those things. The, the The beauty of the level three is you maintain it with CEUs. So what we're talking about, the specialty courses, continuing to learn, exposing yourself to uh, other knowledge bases, those those things extend your level three, not just going and taking the test again. You have to continue to show you're advancing your knowledge, and that's how you keep that certification current. Right? The level four, which again is not online yet, um, will be a practical assessment. So they'll watch you physically, uh, to my understanding, demonstrate the ability to do all those things as you actually work with your clients. So that'll be like, okay, you know all this stuff on paper and you can answer these questions. Now let's see you put it into practice and do it in real life, in real time, and, and that will be how you're graded at, um, from a level four perspective. So my experience with the level three also was I wanted to work for CrossFit. And just to intern with CrossFit, we had to have achieved that level three um, certification just to just to be able to intern. So that was another motivation for me uh, outside of wanting to, you know, validate all the work I had put in. And and that's what that journey looks like, guys. And and hopefully what you see there is that there is a lot of time and attention put into the process. Years. We talked about that that thing taking, you know, 5 or 6 years before someone got to that level 3. And I don't think people like to hear that all the time. They just want to, you know, especially when you're, you know, one of the only trainers or one of the only trainers at your gym that works a lot. You want to validate yourself and climb that ladder really fast. And sometimes it's a brutal fall when, when you don't make it. But I think if you just focus on the process and enjoy the process because it is a blast, then you'll be ready when the time comes for you to go take those next steps and reach out to people along the way. I mean, I was never afraid to reach out to people, ask questions, email people, Facebook message people, you know, take chances, ask questions, you know, take those other courses and learn as much as you can. And don't just be consumed with having something to put behind your, your name on a business card. I think CrossFit in terms of education is one of the is one of the the best places someone can go to learn how to practically apply the information that we cover. I mean, there's a lot of places you could go to learn all this stuff, but CrossFit, the way they they put their information out there, the way the trainers work with you hands-on, you can't beat it anywhere. And I, I, I've, I've, I have watched a lot of videos of other courses going down and the type of instruction and the type of cueing and, and seeing and correcting that happens there and, and CrossFit just has it at a, it's another level especially when you get into those level th- those level two courses I mean it's just amazing so 
Um, I encourage anybody who's interested in becoming a coach, reach out to me if you have any questions. It, uh, reach out to your local coaches and trainers. I know I, I personally, I love helping people get started and I'll do anything I can to um, make the process as smooth for you as I possibly can. So reach out with any questions, guys. Everybody stay safe. Um, keep your head up during these um, crazy, scary times. And I look forward to talking to everybody next week. Take care, guys.